Welcome in to Mr. Stillman's Opus. Glad to have you on the show today as we talk about housing and retirement. It's a big piece of the financial puzzle for most people, the biggest asset people have. And John, I guess once you get into retirement, you have a few decisions to make with your house, right? Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different directions you can go with it. Um, I mean, one of the things we'll talk about is people who stay in their house, but that's you know, probably the minority of folks at this point that are going to stay in the house they've been in for years. Really? We'll we'll discuss that today. There's essentially four paths you can take with your housing and retirement. We're going to go through those on the show. Again, if you have any questions for John, you can call or text 800-545-2991 to get in touch with Rosewood Wealth Management. How's everything else on the farm in the office? Well, let's just say that if I was dependent on um, my own agricultural work to Uh-oh. feed myself, uh, we would be in trouble. Would be we? I would be down a few pounds. Put it that way. Between the goats, just ransacking all my fruit trees and my blueberry <laughs> patch, I I was certain that I had the blueberry patch fence built up in such a way that they could not breach it. Uh, I was wrong about that. I was not confident. Um, that I had a system to keep them off the fruit trees and that confidence was, or lack of confidence was well-placed. They definitely have done a number. I still have some apples that <laughs> could come through, but, and then the squirrels took every last one of my peaches. So, oh, uh, you know, things are going great. <laughs> so the goats just climb up in the trees and eat the apples off. Well, they like, they stand up on their back legs yeah, and just go to town and stuff. So they can get stuff leaves and branches that are you know six to seven feet off the ground when they stand up on their back legs yeah so yeah they can do some damage still have plenty of eggs though right plenty of eggs okay so you can live off eggs for a while if you had to worst came to worst go for a while okay well fair enough well hopefully you get it turned around those goats they are they are adorable but apparently they do not they're not great for (laughs) for feeding yourself uh, all right, let's talk about housing, John, uh, because this is a big discussion. I know one that you have with your clients all the time at Rosewood. If you're a homeowner and you reach retirement, there's essentially four things you can be doing, right? You can stay in your home, as you mentioned, move to a new home, which you said more and more people are doing or most people are doing. You can buy a second home. Everybody likes to live maybe somewhere else a part of the year or have that lake or beach uh, place to live as well. Or another decision that a lot of people make is, hey, I'm going to sell my home, use that extra money and become a renter take away a lot of the work I have to do. So let's go through each of one of these, John, and talk about what it takes, what considerations you have to make, why you might choose this path if you are a retiree. Let's start with staying in the home. So this is the easiest, most convenient thing to do, right? It's just to stay put. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, is that house going to work for you for the long term? So the first thing we have to look at is, all right, well, what's your mortgage situation on that house? Some people say, well, I want to stay in this house because it's paid for. Um, other people would say, well, you know, it's not paid for yet, but we refinanced a few years ago and our mortgage, our interest rate is three and a quarter percent. I certainly don't want to move somewhere else and have a 7% mortgage. So we'll just stick it out here. Um, we have other people now I wouldn't really recommend this in the current environment, but we have done this in the past where people have, let's say they've got $120,000 left on their mortgage. And they're a couple of years from retirement. They're not going to get it paid off before they retire. But they do plan to stay in that house long term. A couple of years ago, what I was having people do was, well, let's go ahead and refinance that $120,000 to a 30-year mortgage. Uh, So instead of a $1,100 a month payment that you're still going to be paying on for the next decade or so, now you have like a $325 a month payment. Hmm. And yeah, you're never going to get it paid off, but the 
pay, monthly payment is going to be so low that it won't be a big deal. So we did that in a few cases a couple of years ago. Again, that makes sense in a 3% interest rate environment. Not as much sense in a 7% environment. But um, you know, there were times where that was logical for people. Uh, we have to think about the, the home itself. Is it going to work for you aging in place? Or are there going to need to be some upfits that happen there to make that work? So, you know, a lot of people have their second story master bedroom and it's like, well, you know, that still works for us now at 67. Will it work for us at 81? Maybe not. But uh, for now, we'll stay in the home. You know, we have to think about things like the school district you're in. I mean, I have a lot of clients who are in Chapel Hill, Carborough City Schools school district and their property taxes reflect that. I mean, they might be paying seven, eight, nine thousand a year in property taxes which is primarily for a school district that they're not using anymore. And so a lot of people have decided to move just because of that. They like the home, but they just can't justify the property taxes at this point. So uh, a lot of things we need to think about if you're going to stay in the home. Yeah, that's interesting. My, my parents live in Alabama, and they, they live in an area that uh, used to be like a county um, district, and then it, the city came in a really good city came in and, and started picking off pieces of the, of the neighborhood and you had a chance to annex into it if you want my parents have never done it because the property taxes to that point they've been able to keep them very low while everybody else has paid higher ones uh moving forward but that is a big piece of it is this decision though john pretty much a financial one in a lot of cases whether you know hey is it makes sense from the mortgage standpoint or from the property taxes to keep it or is a lot of it emotional or does it fit your your needs from the structure of the home some of both, and it really depends on the client. I mean, for some people, they're not at all emotionally attached to the home, and it's just like, well, what does the math say? What's the best move? There are other people where it's like, yeah, you know, I raised kids in this house, and yeah, it's more house than we need now, but we really like having a place for everybody to sleep when the kids are here for Christmas or Thanksgiving and the grandkids are here. Like, we like having the space. So, yeah, it really depends on the person. Okay. All right. So you, well, you said most people are, or a lot of people are deciding to uh, to move to a new home. So I guess there's a lot of things you have to think through here, right? Whether it be, are you moving somewhere close by? Are you moving out of state? Taxes, moving fees, uh, all these different things go into this, right? Yeah. So one thing we have to look at is, are you downsizing or is this more of a lateral move? So a lot of people are finding, well, you know, I'd like to sell my house. It's now $750,000 in the current environment. And the plan was always to downsize to something else and then, you know, walk away with some cash that could be invested or maybe that's your travel money for several years or whatever. Uh, but what a lot of people are finding is they're going to sell their house for not that much more than it would take for them to buy something new, even if it's less square footage. So like if you're looking at an over 55 community where it's all a one story floor plan it's made for aging in place. Like a lot of those homes are going to cost more per square foot than the home that you're selling. So a lot of people are saying, well, you know, I, I planned to sell this house, but now it, it doesn't make as much sense as I thought it would. Or they might still do it because they need to do it for, for lifestyle reasons, but they're not going to walk away with the cash that they assumed they would. Um, so that, that sometimes is, yes, they're downsizing in square footage, but not really downsizing in cost. Uh, so that's one thing. I, I mentioned the lower interest rates earlier. I mean, some people feel like they have sort of a golden handcuffs situation with their current house because yeah. um, either it is paid for or 
maybe they owe a little bit on it, but their interest rate is in the threes. And yeah, just can't justify going somewhere else where even at a relatively small mortgage, you're going to have a 7% interest rate. So a lot of people kind of feel stuck. And then it's more like, well, you know, what could we do to renovate this home or do an addition or what, whatever it is that we were wanting to get in the place we were going to move. So the moving is a challenge right now. Inventory is tough. There's just not that much stuff available. But we do have a lot of folks doing it. A lot of people moving out of state. You mentioned the tax aspect. I mean, we have a couple of folks who have either moved to Tennessee or are about to move to Tennessee. That's a no income tax state. We have probably a dozen or so clients in Florida, which is a no income tax state. There are some others like New Hampshire, but nobody's moving to New Hampshire. Uh, but yeah, that certainly is a consideration and you know, I could make the difference of five or $6,000 a year in taxes that you're not paying, depending on what your income is. Have there been some tough conversations recently with just because of these golden handcuffs, right? Where people maybe have had these, these dreams and goals to, to move or, or live elsewhere and now kind of find themselves to be stuck. Is that something I'm sure you can probably work through with some different type of planning potentially, but has is it, is it created some tough conversations? I can't think offhand of anybody who like really their plan was to move, but now they feel stuck. We have had a lot of people who the plan was to move because they thought they needed to for financial reasons. Like it was like I was saying before, those property taxes are too high or this is just too much house for us. And then they get retired and they find, well, you know what? Uh, it still works for now. We don't need to be in a hurry to move. Probably still will at some point, but right now at, 68, having just retired within the last year or two. Yeah, we can stick it out here for a while. Okay. All right. A couple more categories are here or paths you might take with a house in retirement. Buying a second home. Um, this could be, again, place that's nearby, maybe at a beach, especially with North Carolina, plenty of choices, either the mountains or the beach, or maybe you want to have a second home in Florida or out in Arizona or whatever it is. But a lot of people do choose this path to have a second home. So what are you working through in these cases? So we do have a few clients who have a home out of state, uh, but that's usually something that they inherited or they've had for years. It's not something that they've gone out and bought while they're approaching retirement or recently retired. Most people who have a second home, it is beach, mountains, or lake. Uh, in some cases, maybe two of those. Got a lot of folks with a beach and a mountain place. So some considerations there. Let's say you are going to buy a house as you're approaching retirement. In a lot of cases, and I could name several folks who have done this, maybe they've bought the beach house four or five years before they retire with the idea that it's eventually going to be their permanent home. So they're going to have both properties for a while. They'll eventually sell the home here in the triangle and move to the beach or move to the mountains, whichever it is. A lot of people doing that. One thing we have to consider if that's the case is, well, what's the mortgage? Can you afford to just pay cash for the new house? Or is there going to be a mortgage on that property? Even if it's the kind of thing where you're going to have a mortgage for a couple of years and then you're going to sell the current house and pay off the beach house or wherever it is that you're moving. Is there the potential for income from that property? So let's say you buy a beach house a couple of years before you're finished working. You're not going to be at the beach house that much unless you're working from home, maybe then you are there a lot. But let's suppose you're not going to be there all that much. Can you do some Airbnb stuff and get some revenue from that beach house? Maybe enough to 
cover the mortgage, cover the property taxes, whatever. Uh, so a lot of different ways you can go with it. It's just we have to think through all of the possibilities. And if you're truly just buying it as a second home for yourself, I mean, certainly there are people that can afford to do that. But more often than not, most people aren't going to be able to just buy a second home purely for vacation purposes and not have some kind of income coming in from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, good situation to be in. Hopefully you've gotten an invite or two to one of those lake uh, mountain or beach homes, John, that you have the opportunity to talk about with your clients. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> the invitation never comes with a farm sitter option. So <laughs> let me know. I'll come out and take care of the goats. Take I should put you on the short list for farm sitting. Be happy to do that. Bring the daughter out and we'll, We'll make a weekend of it. Don't want you to miss out on the beach, John, if we can help it. All right, let's uh, let's that. get to our fourth category here, and that is for those uh, people that decide, hey, I want to become a renter. I want to downsize maybe or just free up a lot of cash. Is that the main uh, motive behind it? Well, this is counterintuitive for a lot of people because you've been told your whole life, well, you need to own a home, not be a renter, not building somebody else's net worth. You need to be building your own. Um, usually if somebody goes from owning a home to renting, it's for convenience purposes. So we have had a couple of folks do this in the last few years. Uh, in a few cases, it's just, well, you know, we're tired of the headaches that come along with home ownership. Uh, like in one case, I had a couple who was living in a somewhat older home. They were tired of the constant repairs they were needing to do, but they were living in a market where there was a lot of demand, even for older homes like that. So they were able to sell it, get a good price for it. Now they live in a pretty nice apartment, but you know, they're pretty happy with it. They, they love the freedom that it gives them. It's a lot easier for them to travel. They just lock the door and go, um, no pets, nothing like that. They're very mobile. They just like the headaches being off of their plate. And does it cost them a little more per month? Yes. But, you know, they got a lot of money when they sold their house. We were able to take that, invest it, work that into the income plan. So now their rent is generated from the investments. It works out fine. Um, There are other people that are going to, even if it's not as good a financial move for them, they're going to do it just for convenience purposes. There are other people where they've wanted to do this, and I've had to caution them, well, hold on now, let's think about this. Because in a lot of cases, your home is part of your long-term care plan, especially if you're single. Here's what I mean. So let's suppose that you live alone, you own your home, and you have an income of, let's say, $5,000 a month. Okay. Well, if you need to go into the nursing home or assisted living or something, let's say that's going to cost you $9,000 a month. Well, that income that you have coming in isn't going to pay that bill, And if we start trying to use your investments to create that much income, you're going to run out of money before too long. But if you're single and we're selling the house, well, now the house can cover several years worth of your care. So in a lot of cases, I would tell a single person, no, you don't really need long-term care insurance. We're just going to use the house as your way of self-insuring against your care. Now, it gets a little more complex if it's a married couple, right? Because husband needs care. We can't sell the house out from under the wife. So we need to have a different plan in place there. But if the husband has died and wife now needs care, well, now we can sell the house to pay for her care. So if you're going to be a renter, you don't have that option. We just need to to think about that and how we're going to cover the long-term care aspect otherwise. Very good. Well, these are 
four different paths that most people go on and choose when they get into retirement with their house, what they want to do with it. So a lot of considerations to make. Again, you want to have someone to work with to make sure you are making the best decision for you. And there's also making sure you're covering all these bases. There are a lot of expenses, I'm sure, in a lot of these, John, that people just aren't paying attention to when they decide, hey, I want to move to a different state for tax purposes or I want to buy a second home or become a renter, any of these things or plenty of things to be thinking through. So again, if you want to get in touch with John, 800-545-2991. And John, anyone that calls or texts, what can they expect for that first meeting? So we offer the 15-minute retirement ready phone call. Uh, it could be on Zoom if that's better for you. And for some people, it's all they need. They just need a little bit of coaching, get on their way, doesn't cost you anything. Uh, for other folks, they know they need to come in and visit they just haven't been able to make time on the calendar yet. But they say, hey, 15 minutes. Yeah, we can do that. That helps us get the conversation started. And then we can f- figure out how to uh, get you here in person or you know, find more time on your calendar, even if it's going to be Zoom, finding more time on your calendar to really work through some stuff. So starting with that 15-minute call is helpful for folks. All right. Take advantage again, 800-545-2991. All right, John, thanks as always for your time today. Thank you for listening to Mr. Stillman's Opus. And for John Stillman over at Rosewood Wealth Management, I am Ben George. Have a good week. Carolina Wealth Stewards doing business as Rosewood Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor in the state of North Carolina. The material presented is intended to be general information and should not be construed by any consumer as the rendering of personalized investment advice. 